hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. I don't need to write it down because I'll remember is a hopelessly naive sentiment. I'm sorry if that stings, but it's the truth. You need to write things down. And Andy I.M. MBE learned that when he started his digital journal. He's a father, husband, creator, thinker, investor, and founder of the Angel Investing School. He's invested in over 17 gap closing startups. And if you don't know what that is, don't worry. I ask later on. And I say all that because he'd be completely lost without what he calls his tracker, a digital journal that he keeps in Notion. In fact, he believes his tracker is so crucial that he considers it DIY coaching and counseling too. So let's dive into why you need to keep a digital journal and how you can make it happen. Plus, in the pro show, we talk about investing, single versus multi-focus, and how Andy first invented Spotify and I came up with the idea for Facebook first. Also, if you want to see me just jaw drop react to what MBE means, this is a fantastic episode for that as well. The top takeaways, you're never really failing if you're learning from it. Your digital journal is like the Google Analytics of your life, Andy says, and you can keep track of what you do, how you feel, and lots of other data points to help you learn from all of your experiences. This can also be an eternal source of content. If you're logging books, thoughts, and ideas, you can reference your digital journal when you're feeling stuck to look for inspiration. And to get started, do what works best for you. Andy started with a Google Doc before moving to Notion when he understood what he needed. I like to use a combination of bare notes and craft, and Apple at the time of this recording is releasing their own journaling app. So do what you feel most comfortable with. This is such an incredible episode. Andy and I got connected over LinkedIn, and this was our first real conversation, and it's a good one. So I know you're going to love it as much as I did. But let's get to the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast where you get free coaching calls from successful creators. Each week, you get actionable advice on how you can build a better content business to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. Look, I'm going to... Skip the niceties for a minute because right before I hit record, Andy just dropped on me that uh, he has a distinct honor from the Queen, uh, right? The it's a Queen's yeah. honor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. MBE. I was I was asking him how to pronounce his name, Andy. I am MBE, and he just dropped that on me right before we started recording. <laughs> uh, Andy, thanks for being here. Uh, really excited. We're going to talk about more of that in the pro show. I don't usually promote the pro show immediately, but I want to talk about that. Later. Absolutely. We will do. Uh, so, Andy A.M., MBE, is a father, husband, creator, and thinker, and investor, and founder of the Angel Investing School. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about something near and dear to my heart, which is digital journaling. And so, I'm just going to 
come right out and ask first question, how crucial is your digital journal to you? Firstly, I love that I can actually geek out with Joe today and talk about my my tracker, which is my journal. And for me, it's been transformational in my life because it gives me insight when I look back and connect the dots into ideas, lessons that I've learned, what brings me energy and what reduces my energy. So it allows me in a geeky way to almost have like a Google analytics of my own life so I can optimize and, and use my time to do more of what I love. Man, Google Analytics of your own life. I love that. Uh, gosh, you, we're like five seconds into this and already like my <laughs> mind's being going. I didn't even say like, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. So Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. That's awesome. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is a little behind the scenes for the folks listening. Is This is my first of five interviews today and I usually don't do that. So um and I'm actually on first, to be honest. I know, you're like you catching me at my five, freshest. I'm really right? sorry. I'm not going to say who the last one is, right? Maybe, <laughs> dear listener, you'll be able to figure it out. Um, but this is great. A Google Analytics of my life. This is super important, right? Because this is something that I did really uh, judiciously, I'll say, during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I use the Theme System Journal, uh, which I don't know if you've heard that from Cortex, uh, from Cortex brand. But there are just a few prompts in there for me, like something good, something bad, something I'm looking forward to, um, yeah. and then generally how I'm feeling. Um, and what I like about that, right, is um, it's easy to look back and remember the bad times. Like I'll do my year end review and I'll be like, oh, was, this felt like a bad year. But then like reading back, I'm like, oh, this really wasn't that bad. Or yeah. I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I tend to remember the good stuff. But like, it's good to be like, oh yeah, that was like a really, a really dark time for me, right? Like March was a tough month or whatever, but like I, I made it through, right? Like it's, it gives you important perspective. So like Google Analytics for my life is such a great way to put it. Thank you. Thank you. So your, so your digital journal, um, which you call your tracker, right? Um, we're we're kind of billing this if people read the title right as an eternal source of content ideas. But you mentioned a few things that are just like I think impo- important personal metrics, right? Lessons you've learned, what brings you energy, what zaps your energy. Absolutely. Um, what other stuff are you putting in your journal? Is it is it mostly around that, or is it like random ideas? I'm really curious about that process. So I've got like seven categories in my journal, and I started off actually writing my journal on pencil and paper. It was actually like a, a physical journal. Mm. And it was when I went backpacking back in uh, 2011 and I went to South America. I remember my friends were saying, like, that's not the black thing to do, Andy. You're going to get killed. That's crazy. <laughs> but I loved it, Joe. I spent three months just camping, traveling, and just, just getting in nature. Like I did Machu Picchu. Went to the Inca Trail. I did it all in South America. Oh, amazing. that's amazing. Yeah. But the problem was twofold. One, six years later, I hardly remember everything that I did because I can't rely on my memory anymore. Yeah. And the second one is I'm not flicking through all of that paper to find that one thing that I'm looking for. So I said I need a system that makes it really easy for me to search and find different things that I've been through in a quick and easy way. So that's why I created my notion tracker and that's why I have my categories or tagging system to, to allow me to easily find information when I'm looking back and connect the dots. So my categories are, are you ready for it? I'm ready. We've got health and fitness, 
All right. We've got work and business. We've got friends and community. We've got personal life and family. We have learning and knowledge. We have hobbies and creativity, emotions and spirituality, and savings and investment. All right. Then across all those categories, I've got a subcategory for, was this a win? Was it a lesson? I'm someone that likes to reframe failures. You never really fail if you're paying attention to the lessons that you're learning. Love it, yeah. Or was it a testimonial? And I love that one because that allows me to save all the love that people are sharing with me and just screenshot it from a WhatsApp message or from a LinkedIn DM so I get the real language of what they said and when they said it. When I look back, I'm like, you know what? That's energizing. That's a good reminder of who I am and what I do. Oh, that's so smart. I wish I did more. I wish I did more of that sooner, right? Because mm-hmm. then when I'm making a landing page or whatever, right? And I mean, like, this is from the business point of view, but like like what you said, right? If you're like feeling down on yourself, uh, you go back and you look at the testimonials and you're like, wow, people have really been impacted by my work, right? Or, Absolutely. or whatever, like whatever, you know, gives you energy. Um, I really like this. I want to, I want to, double click on because we're going to get into like these are the ones that work for you uh some might work for other people but i want to uh to borrow my friend justin moore's uh phrase um uh double click on the hobbies and creativity right because mm-hmm. something that i haven't i've heard less of it maybe post pandemic uh but something that really bummed me out that used to bum me out a lot is when people would say I don't have any hobbies or my job is my hobby. And I'm like, that's like an extremely sad, it feels like a very sad existence, right? Like yeah. oh, I just wake up, I go to work and then I, and I used to think the same thing, right? Like, oh, I'm so lucky. Like I'm a web developer. I love making websites. My job is my hobby. And yeah. as I got older, I was like, God, I need to do something not in front of a computer screen. And mm-hmm. like now that I have kids, it's like even more important. But um, I'm really curious, like what what kind of stuff do you, uh, uh, categorize as, as hobbies, creativity? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, one is running. Like I love to go on runs, nice. right? especially like through the forest where I live. The downside is because we're all knowledge workers, it's really hard to switch off from our work. It's not like yeah. I go to a factory, work on a car with my hands. When I go home, I can't work anymore. So sometimes it's like the energy and endorphins when I'm running, it's like a new idea is coming to my head. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, do I stop and write it down or do I just keep on running and try to ignore that thought? And that's some of the challenges sometimes. The other thing that I do to really switch off is I, I love going swimming in sauna. I don't know, there's something about the water. It just feels really good when just going through that's timeless for me. I love doing that. And then I love what reading books that have nothing to do with the industry I'm in. Mm, so I read that's... a recent book called Small Worlds and it was all about this kid like growing up with his best friend who he actually really likes and his dad passes away, nothing to do with work, but it just helps me to switch off and re-energize. Yeah. And that's really important too, right? Cause like, I'm like pretty bad at reading fiction books most of the time. Like that mm. just doesn't like me. I like, I mean, I love TV shows and movies, right? Like I love pop culture in general, but finding books like that is really important because not only does it help you switch off, but it also gives you new perspective, right? Um, Absolutely. I remember the name drop alert. Uh, but I was at the D23 Expo. It's like the Disney fan club expo. Um, And I met, I got to meet Don Hahn, who has produced multiple movies for Disney, including The Lion King. And I said, how do you find inspiration when you feel like you're stuck? 
And he said, you got to look beyond your medium, beyond your work. You know, like get, get books about posters, get books about the, about different eras. Look at things that you normally wouldn't look at to find inspiration. And so like reading, reading books that have nothing to do with your industry, whether you realize it or not, probably affects your work and gives you a new perspective. I, I fully agree. And even as you were talking, I was thinking about some of the podcasts I listen to, like Snap Judgment, or which is a storytelling podcast, or or National Geographics about like random places in nature. Yeah. And just by my mind traveling to those places, like by listening to that content, I come back and sometimes it's like I can solve that problem now. I just need a time away from work in order to come back with a, with a new perspective. Yeah, that's so crucial. That's like we honeymooned in Italy, and. That's um, nice. Oh, it was amazing. I didn't bring, it was like the first trip in a while where I didn't even bring my laptop. Wow. Um, and to your point, I had a little field notes notebook with me where I like wrote down my general thoughts and stuff like that, uh, which is like in my keepsakes box, but I, box, but I should probably like move it to a digital system. Yeah. Um, but when we got home, I had so many thoughts and stories about like one was like how Il Duomo in, uh, in Florence was built. Wow. And how they thought it was impossible and, and how we can apply that to our own creative work and, and the constraints really help us. And I wouldn't have had that, right? If I was like consumed by my phone or like in Florence, but on my laptop and not out like seeing things and learning things. It's just like, it's so important. Absolutely. I fully agree. And, and even when you talk about that inspiration, um, I was out in LA uh, a couple of weeks ago and I just went to an art exhibition. And it was with a guy called Jason Maiden, who was part of the team that designed the Jordans, the oh, Jordan nice. brand. And he painted these pictures of his dad, himself, and his nephew and sons, and how, like, by dealing with trauma through his life, he, like, they're having a brighter future. And it was so beautiful to see him storytelling images. And I was so inspired, not to say that I'm going to go and now do this for my business, but more to say, wow, that's just such a different perspective and different way of looking at things. And I just really appreciated that space. And it got me thinking about, actually, when I work with teams, do I provide that psychological safety to have conversations like I had in that room that day at that, that gallery? Yeah, I love that. And it can feel risky sometimes, right? I mean, this is I think about this a lot. Um, Marvel movies, right? Again, big Disney Marvel fan. Yeah, yeah, but me too and for the first 10 years right they basically all followed the same template it was like yeah. guy gets power bad guy has same powers as good guy good guy beats bad guy yeah same hero's um, journey yeah exactly right and it's like classic people love it right but my favorite marvel production to date is wandavision i actually have like I a, thought you were going to say end games oh that's interesting oh end game was so good too right cuz like i mean you like you know, it's it's a two part movie, right? Yeah. Where after the first part, you think the bad guy wins. Spoiler yeah. alert, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, no, I loved Wandavision because it was so weird and different, and they mm. took risks. Uh, but they also got inspiration from a lot of cla- like Americana TV, which I mean, I'm like all about. I'm yeah. here in the United States. I'm like all about Americana. So. Um, just um, uh, so like finding that inspiration in other places and taking risks um, yeah. can help you create something really great, I think. Yeah, I agree completely. I love that thread that we just discussed. That was awesome. Yeah, so good. This is like, uh, I'm really excited to be talking about this. <laughs> again, the other thing, so I'm going to ask you what you use for your digital journal, but I do want to point the the running thing. You said you love running. 
Uh, I I run out of necessity so that I don't become like an even fatter load. Um, and like, it's just like the easiest thing for me. Like I go and I put on my running shoes and I, I run, right? Um, but that's the reason, like, I don't like to run with my phone um, because like, I just want, I don't like something flopping around in my pocket and I, I don't want to be able to check anything. Um, but I run with my, my Apple watch and the, I have the Apple watch ultra cause I'm a sucker. Um, but uh, I, I press the, the action button is my I have an idea shortcut. Mm. So I press, if, I, if I'm listening to a podcast or a song and I think of something, I press that button. It creates a new note in Bear Notes for me. Wow, um, that's so smart. Yeah. And hopefully, like, hopefully through the heavy breathing, it like gets the right dictation or enough <laughs> that I remember what it was. Sometimes I'm like, what did I try to say here? <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like stuff like that is like that. I want to be able to capture ideas wherever I am. And so like, that's why my whole system is a complicated mess. Um, but you, for your digital journal, what do you use? Yes, I use, I use, so like I said, I used to use a physical journal. And then I moved do you, to... Real quick, actually, do you remember the... Uh, the because I, uh, I love analog tools too. This is like this whole interview is lighting me up. Joe, it wasn't even a brand. It was like a, it, it was <laughs> like from the stage we show. Bound paper, yeah. It's like Target. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so the pages are probably all like falling out and shit now. Um, and then I moved to Google Docs, but it wasn't as easy to to filter. And to find things like I couldn't control F everything unless I remembered the word. Yeah, and that yeah. doc would be full of like seventeen thousand words when you get to the end of the year. So it's just a bit of a beast. So yeah. I was like, all right, I need to move to Notion and create like a database, but I don't want it to feel like a database. I just wanted to feel like a journal. And I loved it when I started screenshotting and attaching images, writing a little bit of commentary, and adding the categories so I could filter. So that every six months when I was looking back, I'll just filter on each category like health and fitness and yeah. I'll just answer three questions. What worked well? What didn't work so well? And what lessons have I learned based on that? And then I'll set intentions for the next six months to say, am I going to continue with the intention I had at the start of the year? Or am I going to change my intention going into the next six months? So at the start of this year, my intention was I want to be a full expression of myself wherever I am at home at work, oh, at church, in the community. I just want to be me. And this six months, I've changed it to say, I want to be more audacious. Because I think that when you have audacity as an entrepreneur, it allows you to think bigger and do more and to dare is to do. So that's for the next six months for me. I, I can tell you're feeling that one as well, Joe, right? Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and because it's so funny. What's the, um, what's the phenomenon, like when you hear something once and you start to hear it everywhere, the Bader-Meinhof yeah. uh, principle, right? Yeah, I like um, that when you see like a car, like, oh, like I, I like that car. And then like, I see that car everywhere. Uh, you see that car everywhere, right? Or you hear a song on the radio and now you're hearing it everywhere. Yeah. Um, the be audacious, right, is like very, I, I saw Wes K.O. give a fireside chat, mm. uh, like interview style, about spiky points of view and how you need to share your spiky points of view that playing it safe means that you don't stand out. And like since then, I've heard it multiple times, most recently at this moment. Um, so it's so that. funny that you say that. I feel I feel like maybe it was for a while. I mean, for me, I guess like, I guess real talk here uh, for a while, right? Um, I got really nervous about posting anything online uh, like midway through 2020, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, there was like a lot of 
uh, social injustice and therefore yeah. a lot of strong opinions. And if you didn't say the right thing, you said the like wrong thing. Culture. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I better just play it safe. And like, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm like a straight white guy. Like, I don't know. I barely know anything. Um, and so, uh, um, I got really nervous about, I mean, I don't really post political opinions online anyway. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. cares about you, my political You just didn't opinion. want to offend anyone. You didn't want to step on no toes. Exactly. And so that like ingrained itself into me over the past few years. And now I'm like, why am I playing it so safe? Like, am I af- afraid to offend anybody? Like that's not, I'm from New York. I'm an Italian. <laughs> like I... <laughs> We are not supposed to care. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But um, even even uh, that reminder of who you are, yeah, that's, that comes from your tracker. Sometimes you read a testimony, you're like, oh yeah, that's a good right. reminder of who you are. Yeah, and so like my some of my you know in podcasting, I have controversial opinions, heavy heavy air quotes here, but that has been my best performing content so far because like yeah. people have opinions and they want to chime in, and so. I think that's really like be audacious. I love that. But um, you see, even that yeah. what you just said with the content, exactly the same for me. When I look at my best performing posts, they've been provocative. Love you it. You know, like what's the reason that VCs don't invest into black founders? Ooh, yeah, Ooh, let's go yeah. in and let's have that conversation. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. My best performing posts have been provocative. Um, and it makes sense, right? Like, again, like people people wouldn't want to watch a TV show or a movie where you don't feel like you just watch someone go throughout their day. Right. There's a reason that reality shows are like scripted a little bit or, exactly. or at the very least the conditions are set. Let's in the most generous uh, iteration of this, they're not scripted, but all of the ingredients are there for something dramatic to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, and so nobody wants to watch somebody just hanging out in their living room, like or or, like taking their mail to the post office, like that's boring. And even though in those Marvel movies, you know the good guy's gonna win in the end. Yeah. There's still that tension. There's still that that provocation, like, oh my God, Thanos just like snapped half of of the population out of existence. What's gonna yeah. happen now? It's really so interesting. I, think I didn't that's mean why for this to turn into like, a Marvel talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm cool because I love it too. I think that's why also why um you know, a lot of creators in the knowledge economy, like you and I, why a lot of people like really enjoy following us because we're iterating in public. Yeah. So they get a front row seat into us like as we're along the journey with them. We're just a few steps ahead. And I think that's what they really value from, from people like us. And like when we talk, so talk about hobbies and creativity earlier, one of the things that I intentionally do is something called FNEs, Friday Night Experiments where I just mm. experiment and try things out. And I create a space on Friday where it's safe to fail. There's, there's no downside. It's all upside and learning. And I just want to try things out. And one of our, my best ideas for my business came out of that, out of that Friday night experiment. It was a jargon mm. buster. You know, it was, a, it, was an, it was a dictionary of terms. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And it breaks down a hundred key terms and really plain English with examples. It came out of the Friday night experiment. Oh, that's great. That that reminds me of 20% time at Google. Yeah. Um, exactly. Which I don't know if they do that anymore, but I, I mean, don't know. Google's changed a lot, as you know, right? Google's changed a lot. I mean, like, man, they kill products so fast. Uh, faster than Thanos killed half of the population. Um, <laughs> but like Gmail, 
right? Gmail came out of the 20% time, yeah. right? And that's yeah. like, I mean, that's like a, I don't know if it's a major part of Google's business, but it's an important part of yeah, their business, definitely. right? Um, that's that's really cool. So you use Notion. I'm going to also just say again, like you should check out Cortex, the podcast, like what what they talk about and what we're talking about here, like jives really nicely. Uh, like they out. have a yearly theme, right? So it's like, they don't like resolutions, but they like yearly themes. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like the year of audacity would be like your yearly theme. Exactly. Um, love it. Um, so, uh, so you use Notion. I want to do like a little like a Quentin Tarantino thing where like we have this answer and we're going to go backwards a little bit um, yeah. before we get to the fun thing that people love talking about, which is tools and creating your own journal. Um, but what got you started journaling, right? I think we touched on this a little bit, but like what was the thing that made you think, man, I need to write this stuff down? So when I first went backpacking um, about 15 years ago now, and I went to South America, I remember feeling like I'm like the first person in my family history to ever go to Latin America. I mean, my dad, my dad's dad, my dad's dad's dad. No one from my my family history had been to South America. And to even say that sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. So I thought, I just want to document as much of this journey so that all of my pictures relate to exactly what I've written down and almost create this mini book so that anyone in my family or any of my close friends can, can read it and check out this experience and what it was. And at the time, I started a private email list to email people like what I was going through during the time I was going through it. Yeah. Right? Terrible English, terrible grammar, but great <laughs> memories. And I think people yeah. appreciated that I was get, they were getting an inside view into a Packpacker's journal. Oh, man, that's really cool. Uh, that's really, That's like kind of... And again, right? You had like a physical journal, but like one of the things that, again, going back to my honeymoon, right? Two, two weeks in Italy. Um, I made sure to like have location history on my phone. I had like a burner phone, not really a burner phone, but I had like a Nexus phone yeah. that wasn't my main phone. Um, it wasn't your iPhone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I made sure to have location history on the whole time. Right. And then like that served me really well. Cause a couple years later, my my mother-in-law, who um, sadly passed away from cancer last year, uh, her and her son, my brother-in-law, um, went to Italy and they were like, hey, like you posted about this really cool restaurant in Florence. And I was like, oh, let me bring up my location history. Like I, I knew it was here on this date. It was, and so we were able to kind of recreate our itinerary thanks, thanks to that digital log. Look at that. And that's just another way of tracking where yeah. you've gone and what you've done. And the reason I call it a tracker rather than just a journal is because when I was out in nature in the Serengeti, this is another trip I did across East Africa wow. where I camped for 30 days. We would have these trackers who had no maps, no Google maps, no ways, no apps. And they were able to track where the lions were, the buffaloes were, where the monkey was, where there was danger just from their memory. Yeah. And that was so inspiring to me that I was like, you know what? I want to be a tracker one day. And this is my version of tracking. Gosh, that's awesome. That and that's so cool, right? It's, I mean, like at some at some point, all humans were like that, right? I, like, yeah, hundred percent. Like we wouldn't survive if we didn't know how to figure out if danger was near. And like, and you know, we, what's really yeah. what's really cool about that, Joe, is that like cities have kind of ruined us in a way because it's artificial, it's so false. Yeah. Like we can't even hear the birds and nature. 
Yeah. But now we're entering into a really unique phase where we need to rethink cities because everyone's working from home in the offices mm-hmm. anymore. Like we were, we were attracted to cities because of labor and work. So actually, what do cities of the future look like? Now we have to rethink what these areas can be used for because we're not all. Look, you're listening to this show because you're a creator or solopreneur and you need to grow your business. That goes hand in hand with building your authority. And there are few things that build your authority faster than being a published author. As a five times published author, I know. You're likely already creating content to help you achieve this goal. Writing blog posts, creating videos, maybe even hosting a podcast. A book is the best way to get your content off the airwaves and into the hands of your fans. It's also a great way to diversify your revenue streams. But as someone who self-published and distributed one of my own books, I can tell you it's a huge pain. That's where Lulu comes in. Instead of having to figure out how to print, sell, and ship your book by yourself, let Lulu help. Lulu's e-commerce plugins allow you to sell books directly to your fans from your site while they handle all of the printing and shipping. You keep creative control, customer data, and 100% of your profits. Create a free account today at lulu.com. And thanks so much to Lulu for sponsoring this show. Hey there, I want to tell you about Sensei. Sensei is the original solution for creating and selling online courses with WordPress, and it's back and better than ever. As a course creator with Sensei, you get complete ownership over your content and the freedom to customize as much as you need. Sensei has vastly improved the course creation experience, adding a customizable distraction-free mode, video and lesson progression, powerful reporting, and a full set of interactive content blocks. And those blocks, like flashcards, image hotspots, and interactive videos, can be added to any page or post, not just the courses. The goal of Sensei is to make it effortless for course creators to develop personalized instruction for learners. And while Sensei is free to start, you can save 20% on Sensei Pro, allowing you to charge for courses, drip out content, manage groups and cohorts, and leverage new AI tools. Just go to howibuilt.it slash Sensei to have the discount automatically applied. That's howibuilt.it slash S-E-N-S-E-I. Hey, real quick, before we get back into the episode, I want to tell you about my free newsletter, Podcast Workflows. If you are wondering how I can successfully run this show, plus two other shows, plus run a business, plus run three children, Podcast Workflows is for you. You will get weekly emails with behind-the-scenes look on how I produce this show, experiments I am trying with other podcasts, and general advice to start grow, and monetize your podcast. You'll also have the opportunity to become a member and get ad-free extended episodes of this show as well as bonus content. You can do all of that over at podcastworkflows.com slash join. That's podcastworkflows.com slash join. Sign up for free today. Working in offices anymore. I feel that's a really cool opportunity. I grew up in the suburbs of New York. I will not say upstate. I'm not from upstate New York. 
Um, I don't care what city people say. But uh, whenever I go back, and like now I live outside Philadelphia, right? So like the noise and light pollution is like still there. When I go visit my parents, one of my favorite things to do is like sit out on our deck and just look up because you can actually see the stars, like see a whole like black sky and just all of the stars. And it's like, grab a cigar, enjoy the night sky and the the sounds safely because if I hear anything that freaks me out, I'm going back inside. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, really, really cool thought. Um, So you wanted to document as much as possible. And then of course you had the physical notebook. So you decided to move to Notion to track everything. I should say like you're making... I've interviewed my friend Sarah Loretta on this show. I've interviewed Marie Poulin. Uh, and I feel like you are making the strongest argument to use Notion for me because Ooh, it's yeah. like, like, yeah, like keeping data, like I keep everything in Airtable. Like I love Airtable. Yeah. Um, the thing you said about Google Docs, like keeping things in Google Docs, but it's like hard to search. Like I start writing social posts in Google Docs and then I have an automation that copies the content of Google Docs into an Airtable base. Because it's easier to search and find stuff. And then I can track, yeah. like, have I posted this on Twitter? Have I posted this on LinkedIn? And my yeah, VA can I've go got that there whole social it. calendar in, in my Notion. Yeah, right. And so, like, the way that you're, like, oh, I can filter views, right? Because my notes app, I use Bear Notes mostly. So, like, you can tag stuff in Bear Notes. It's really good. Um, and then for, like, deeper research and, like, a lot of stuff, I've been using Craft, mm. uh, which is a nice app. But, like, I wish there were, they have folders. I wish they had tags as well, kind of for that reason, right? Like finding stuff in craft uh, is not as easy as, and like they have this universal search, but like it's really not as, you, you got to know it's there, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, um, Joe, if I yeah. can convert you, I, I, <laughs> I've got a template of my tracker that I can share with you that you can just duplicate to get Ooh. you started. So you don't even have to start from scratch. Oh, that's awesome. That you know what? Like a lot of people have shared stuff with me via Notion. Like I have a Notion account, right? But yeah. maybe this is it. Maybe this is the turning point, my friends. Episode yeah, well, I'm check 326. In, I'm gonna check it in six months' time. I'm gonna see how you're doing. <laughs> see if I've joined Notion Nation. The thing <laughs> the thing that has kept me from Notion is the automation stuff. Um like I know mm, they have Zapier. It's but it's enough. like, it's, yeah, exactly. And like, so with Air, like Airtable has its own built-in automation, but then yeah. it also like works with other stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, like they, me- they prioritize like ChatGPT and AI and Notion over this auto- like, integration. <laughs> so I'm like, that's the wrong way on the roadmap. I know. That, 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 well, I mean, you gotta, everything has to have AI these days, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, I have, Craft has AI, right? Uh, yeah. Ulysses just put out an email saying like, they're, they're, considering it, but they're not sure if they want to do that, right? Because like, you know, that's a writing app. Like you really want people to just be able to write AI in your app and then publish it. It's like Notion's asking me, do you want to do you want me to finish off what you're writing? I'm like, not really, because you don't know what I'm about to say. You yeah, know? right. Yeah. But you know what part. you know what other people have said based on what yeah. I've written. But that's not yeah. what I'm gonna and especially for a personal journal, like come on. Exactly. Like how, oh yes, Chat GPT, how did I feel today? Right. <laughs> That's like, have you seen, this is going to be a small side quest. Um, Do you see like prompt engineers who are like, you are a blah, blah. You are an angel investing expert who also likes to journal. Uh, (laughs) You're feeling sad today, write a journal uh, entry about how you're feeling sad. 
Like, I'm really sad about my investments. Oh, good job, ChatGPT. You really captured the essence there. <laughs> Wild. Um, thanks for letting me go on that tirade. Okay, cool. So, so we're like inching into this a little bit, right? Um, tools and creating your own journals. So this is like, I feel like every six months I change my task manager mm. as if that's the problem <laughs> and, and not the fact that I just don't put stuff in my task manager as much as I should. Um, the important stuff I do, I still like writing that down. I have a Kindle scribe and I usually write yeah. down like all the stuff I have to do for the week in there and it just never makes it into my task manager. Mm. Um, but uh, the notes apps, I'm like really more intentional about switching because I know that like I, there's a lot of stuff I would have to move and migrate. And so um, I use again, craft for like the deeper research stuff. I'm not doing the daily journaling as much as I'd like to anymore. I've gotten yeah. a little bit away from it. Um, but I, I really should get back to it. Um, and I was doing like analog tools for that. But uh, what would you say, like, how did you, how did you land on Notion, right? You, you used Google Docs. You realized that there was a, even though Google's like a search company, like searching inside Google Docs was terrible. Um, yeah. How did you land on Notion? Did you evaluate other tools or were you just like, this This looks good? Yeah, I, th- I think with Notion, I was I was initially getting started with using Notion when I was starting my, my most recent business. So I thought, all right, Notion could be like the hub, the knowledge, knowledge management system where anyone that I work with, any freelancers, I can work with them in this space. And I quickly realized it can do a lot more than I thought it could. Right. And, you know, James Clear says in Atomic Habits that we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. So mm. I was really intentional around, all right, what systems are going to implement? And I think the thing that really hit home was I did like a time audit where I looked across my last, I think, month and I used a framework called Red, Black and Blue, where all the red tasks was like the admin tasks, the infrastructure tasks. The HR stuff, the stuff that doesn't make me money is a cost, but I just got to do it, getting through emails. And then we had the blue tasks, which are like how I make money today, revenue tasks. Like I just sold a place on my course. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And then the black task, which is like strategy, which is what I call future revenue, where I'm thinking about tomorrow, I'm thinking about the future, I'm thinking about what I want to do next. And I quickly noticed that I was spending too much time in the red, a little bit of time in the blue and hardly any time in the black. Mm. And I just felt in my heart like that needs to be reversed. So I ended up hiring a, a VA, a virtual assistant, to take more of the red. I started using Notion to plan more for the black, and I started using Notion to start executing on the blue. And that's what really got me into the rhythm of using Notion more regularly before setting up my tracker in there too. Oh, I like that, right? You use it, because this is like, I think this is a really important lesson, right? Because people see how, Sarah or Marie Poulin or whoever is using Notion and this really complicated system. The same thing can be said of me, right? People see how I automate and I have these big complicated automations and they think, well, I'm not going to use that because I'm not at Joe's level or Marie's level or Andy's mm-hmm. level, right? Um, but you started using Notion for this one very specific thing. Yeah, and uh, I think it's really important as a creator, by the way, to always ring fence your learning around like an MVP around something small that I can focus my learning on. It's like me saying, I want to launch this website. So therefore, I'm learning how to do email marketing. I'm learning how to use Stripe and payment software. 
I'm learning a little bit of design. I'm learning a little bit of copy in, in the spirit of achieving this goal of launching the website. So for me, my goal was I want to I reclaim some of my time and spend more time on the strategic and, and on, on the thing that I'd value today. So that allowed me to focus what I was learning and doing to achieve that goal. And then it becomes less overwhelming. So it's little things like, like time blocking. You know, every Monday morning for two hours, I'm going to write content. On yeah. Wednesday for two hours, I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, use my tracker and my journal and reflect on what's going well and what's not. And I just started putting these intentional rhythms into my calendar and, and trying to honor them. Like no meetings during that time. You know, that's my time. And that's what got me into a better rhythm of, of how to work. Because I think as entrepreneurs, meetings can sometimes be your biggest distraction and downfalls. Yeah, 100%. I'm like very guarded uh, with my calendar. Like, I, I mean, the times that you saw, right, when you booked, like those were specific time blocks where I like to record. And usually like Wednesdays are recording days. That's why I have so many today. Um, as we record this, obviously this is going to come out on a Monday. But um, <laughs> I think that's really important. And I think like one lesson to take away here, right, is I don't know if you have kids. Oh, you you do because you're a father. Uh, yeah. So how old are your kids? Five months and six years. Maron, congratulations. <laughs> Very Thank nice. You. Five months and six years. I've got uh, six, three, and one and a half. Oh, um, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Those are Thank nice gaps. You. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the one between the last two is a little closer than we would have liked, but luckily yeah. we, we, we <laughs> like our kids. So, um, But something that really threw me off with my journaling was I had, a, I had in my calendar a shutdown routine at 5.30 p.m. every night, right? Um, and that was great until my daughter started taking the bus to school mm. uh, because that means I'd have to pick her up at three uh, and then, you know, she would have like iPad time or whatever while I finished work, but then I'd have to go pick up my kids. And so my, at five. And so my yeah. whole afternoon on the days where my wife works was interrupted. And so I, mm. I need to be a little bit more intentional. And this time audit framework is really, really interesting, right? Red, black, blue. I like that because I felt like I've been focusing too much on, even though I have a VA, uh, on the, the I've been focusing too much on the blue tasks. Mm. Like I need to make money now today. Like things were really slow and what am I going to do and increasing costs yeah. or whatever um, instead of the black tasks. And I think that if I were handling the blue tasks better, I wouldn't feel that time crunch to work right up until 2.59 and then like <laughs> go to the bus stop to be there in time to pick up my daughter, right? Exactly. Um, so I think that's really important to have this system in place. And ring fence you're learning with, on an MVP, um, minimum viable product for those. Yeah. And uh, I think parental entrepreneurship is a whole topic in itself because like, you almost have to, by nature, change your rhythm. You have to mm -hmm. adapt you know, yeah. you suddenly, like, I used to love sacred time in the mornings. I've got a five-month-old. It's non-negotiable. Yeah, the you don't, you don't have that his. anymore. <laughs> the mornings are now officially his. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had to adapt and change my, my work schedule in this season, which won't last forever, because of, because of that. And it's probably a lesson in entrepreneurship in terms of, like, those that are resilient and really last, like, a number of years in business are able to adapt even when, when things change and, and they're not in their favor. Yeah, that's so that's so crucial, right? Because you see these, you know, these uh I saw Kay he used the term thread boying on Twitter. Like mm -hmm. and like you see this all the time, right? If you want to be productive, wake up at five o'clock 
a.m. and work for three hours straight. Oh, tell me you don't have a kid without saying you don't have kids, right? Like if I wake up at 5 a.m., which I do, I shower, I get coffee, and then hope my kids sleep until 6.30. Like that. Yeah, yeah that, sounds, that sounds realistic. Um, and like in the winter, totally, because the sun's not like beaming in uh, early, yeah. right? So they tend, we got to get, my biggest takeaway from this interview is I got to get blackout curtains for my kids' room for the summer. Uh, yeah, it makes a difference. It actually makes a difference. Yeah, a huge difference, right? That's like, oh, the sun's awake, so I'm awake. Um, but that's, that's really important, right? You got to be adaptable and you've got to do what works for you. Right. And so, um, with that in mind, if, if, uh, as we come to the end here now in the pro show, we're probably going to talk about a lot because we were all over the place a little bit today. I was like, this is going to be a real tight episode, but there's a really a lot of good stuff here. Um, we are going to talk about the Marvel edition. I know the Marvel. <laughs> I might have to add uh, chapter markers into this episode so people can find the threads. Um, but we are going to talk about uh, Andy's experience as a uh, investor in gap closing startups. Uh, yeah. which is very value-based, values-based uh, yeah. investing, which is really cool. Um, but before, that'll be in the pro show. You can sign up over at um, casabona.org slash join to get ad-free extended episodes of this and every episode of How I Built It, as well as my automator's newsletter every Friday. Um, but before we get to that, uh, if people want to get started with journaling today, uh, what do you recommend for them? So if if you don't have Notion, right, and you, maybe you've got your own software that you're using, perfectly fine. The key thing is not all of us can afford therapists. Not all of us can afford coaches. So this is like DIY coaching for yourself in your pocket. So you want to create a really simple structure where you can really measure like what's working well, what's not working so well, and, and what lessons am I learning? And once you do that for around 30 days, you start to form a habit. So for people starting out, I'll choose a certain part of the day that's uninterrupted. It may be the last 10 minutes of lunch. It may be the first 10 minutes of your day. It may be the last hour of your day. But you choose that consistent time where you can just get into a rhythm of documenting what's working well, what's not working well, so well, and what lessons am I learning. I promise you when you do that for 30 days, you're going to start seeing some value in the, in the dots that you can start connecting across what you're gaining. So forget categories, just those three questions each day at the same time. What's working for you or what's working well, what's not working so well? And I'm sorry, what was the third one? I was, I was like, really... What lessons lessons have you learned? Lessons have you learned? Yeah. Um, That's what helps you adapt, right? Like, you're like, I need to get blackout curtains. You're like, yeah, that's a lesson learned. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, oh, I tried this on Twitter for 30 days. It didn't work. Maybe I should move to, you know, like understanding that and like keeping my lessons learned is what showed me like, oh, short form content's not really working for me. Like long form content is really where it's at. Um, You start Mm -hmm. to form a habit. I'm going to call out myself as well as anybody else listening to this. I watch YouTube on my lunch break. Like I I eat food and I watch usually Rhett and Link or John Boy. Like those are my my (laughs) lunchtime friends. (laughs) I can just choose to watch one fewer video over lunch and journal Mm -hmm. instead. Like that's like, Right. I used to think, oh, I'm going to watch online courses during lunch. And I was like, ah, that's really my time to turn off. Right. So like, yeah. but reflecting, right. Maybe that sets you up for a better afternoon too. Like, oh, I had a really crappy morning because this happened. Absolutely. I'm going to reset and have a better afternoon. I love that. Absolutely. Now we, I'm going to just point out here that the, the topic that we mentioned at the beginning 
or that we were talking about in the pre-show, was becoming an eternal source of content ideas. And this was such a rich conversation that we didn't even get to that. So let's talk about that for a minute. I love what you said about like, we can't all afford therapists or coaches. Like it's, you know, it's sad, but it's true. I think that um, I did better help at some point during the pandemic. Um, People, longtime listeners know that like, I had a little bit of a panic attack while watching my kids because my wife was at work and it was a very long pandemic. And it was when my daughter like brought me a bottle of water that I was like, I got to fix this. Like my three-year-old should not have to have to take care of me. I take care of her. Um, But I was fortunate enough to be able to pay for, for therapy. And so, um, but just like understanding how you're feeling and how to adjust is a a really good starting point. I think. Um, So start with those three questions. Yeah. Even if we're just starting with those three questions, how does that become an eternal source of content for us? Great question. So when you start connecting the dots, you're going to start getting ideas. Ideas are going to be one of those things that are just coming when your mind is wandering. And I gave a bit of an example earlier of that. I used to do these Friday night experiments. And during this time, I'd often look through my journal and look for themes and patterns. And one of the things I kept seeing people say is, uh, I don't like the financial industry or angel investing because I don't understand what people are saying. I don't understand this term. I don't understand what an ASA is. I don't understand what a SAFE is. I don't want to understand what these acronyms mean. Yeah. And it became very evident to me that I need to democratize access to this information. How can I make it more easier to digest and easier to understand? Because often in the finance industry, they use big terms that mean really simple things, but they're just trying to keep the money and the wealth to themselves. Right. Right, so it's a way of protecting themselves. So I started breaking it down in easy to digest content pieces, and and then I created a, a jargon buster, a dictionary of terms. And now I'm I'm creating YouTube shorts of that content. Mm. So the lifespan of that content created from that idea has lasted over twelve months, wow. and that just came from looking in my journal and look at some of the patterns that I was seeing. If I talk about the membership that we launched last year, it's the same thing again. I was supporting a lot of entrepreneurs who weren't necessarily angel investors, but they needed tactical support. How can I grow my brand on LinkedIn like you have, Andy? How can I do cold DMs and sales like you have that actually convert to clients? You know, um, how can I think through scalable hiring practices and use this journal approach and use how-to documents like you talk about, Andy? And I started just offering this really tactical advice but in group coaching settings so that more than one person can benefit from it and I can yeah. scale my impact rather than having one-to-one calls. And that turned into my membership now. Where entrepreneur, I say entrepreneurs come for personal development. And actually at the core of that personal development is this, this method of tracking everything you do. I love that. I think that's so awesome and crucial. And it's true, right? Like this, this story I just told about my daughter and, and me having a panic attack, like mm. I wrote that in my journal. And I decided to turn that into a personal story, right? Maybe if I hadn't journaled it, I don't think I would have forgotten it, but it wouldn't have been top of mind for me. It's not something that I I would have. I have a little story swipe file in my note app, in my notes app, right? Where something happens to me and I go like, could this be a story that I turn into a blog post or into long form content? Um, Mm, And that's like a really big source of inspiration for me. Like, And then again, like when you're learning, um, when I learned how Il Duomo was built or... I learned like the real reason behind why Van Halen uh, requested only brown M&Ms. Do you know this story? No. 
Oh man, this is a good. Maybe this is how we can wrap up. I usually like to let the guests wrap up on a good note. So you got to tell um, the story. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I can't just leave it as a cliffhanger. So, for those who don't know, Van Halen, huge rock band in the uh, eight, mostly eighties and nineties. They had a, a term in their rider, which is like a concert contract, um, with all of their requests and requirements. They had a clause. The last clause in there, I think it was the last clause, but it was somewhere in there, that they wanted a bowl of brown M&Ms. They could only be brown, no other color, right? Uh, you'll hear the color change based on who tells, some will say red. I'm almost certain it was brown though. Yeah. Um, and people just thought they were being like prima donnas. But the reason that they had that clause in their contract was because they also did a ton of pyrotechnics. They had a lot of fireworks and fire and dangerous things going on on stage that was also in their rider. And if they showed up to their dressing room and they saw that it was M&M's, but it wasn't just brown, they know that the people who read the rider weren't paying that close attention. And so wow. they knew that they could be in danger because people didn't read the rider thoroughly, That's which so is just like powerful. amazing, right? Like super cool. So like, uh, knowing that story and like parlaying it into how you can pay attention to details or how, yeah. um, you know, how you can leave these little clues for people to help you do your job better um, is, is really powerful. I think that's really cool. I love that. And you know what that made me think of, Joe, is that yeah. all of us have had ideas where sometimes we see it in reality a few years later and we're like, I had that idea. And the thing is like, ideas are overrated and execution is undervalued. I tell everyone, keep a track of the ideas that you have and keep an ideas backlog and let that backlog grow. Don't worry about that. Because when it comes time to look for inspiration, you've got this long list of ideas that you've captured. You know, Joe did this post two years ago and he spoke about this thing. What's my version of that for angel investing or business building? Like, there's going to be a long list of ideas and you look at it at the right time, you're like, now is relevant time for me to riff off that idea and create content off the back of it. So I, I find it so easy to create content now on LinkedIn, which is one of my main platforms, because I just go into the backlog, right? And sometimes the backlog includes a post that I did a year or two ago that I now have new thoughts on. My thinking has evolved. So I can actually evolve that post and repost it with a new start or a new perspective because I've also grown as an entrepreneur myself. So there's a never ending list of content ideas. And if you haven't got the ideas yourself, you start by paying attention to who you're following on these platforms. They're also a rich source of content because you'll be surprised that there's, there's people that you can reach in your niche or in your communities that have no idea what those other people are doing. And they prefer how you say and deliver content to them because they resonate with you. So that's your superpower. Uh, that's a great way to end the episode. Andy, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. If people want to learn more, where can they find you? Man, I really enjoy crashing out with you, Joe. We've got to do this again in the future. Yeah, for sure. So people can check me out on andyam.com. And that has all of my information around like my mailing list, the membership. If you want to get access to, to the tracker and, and more of that kind of stuff, it's, it's all there. And I'm going to definitely post this episode on there as soon as it's released as well. So thank you, Joe, for this platform. We, we love what you do. Awesome. My pleasure. This has been such a great conversation. Again, if you want to hear more of this conversation ads-free, 
You can sign up over at casabona.org slash join, as well as talking about uh, investing in startups and values-based investing. I'm going to share a little uh, iOS trick for quickly capturing segments of text. Uh, and I'm going to tell you how I had the idea for Facebook before Mark Zuckerberg did. So Andy, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our sponsors for this episode. And until next time, get out there and build something.